I think each person has their own idea of what creativity is. And just to give you an example, for me, to what I'm doing now, I wasn't able to envision things like this. My imagination allowed me to perceive a place where I was able to fit in an area that where I wasn't able to see myself. So I do believe that's even a component of creativity. I think creativity is in, a, in itself being able to envision and, and, and craft things out of pieces or nothing and see a whole picture. So I'm so excited to have Anthony Walker. He is an amazing animator and we talk about the importance of representation in media, his own experience getting into animation and how you can work on your own creativity and motivation. There's so much to unpack in this episode, so stick around. You're going to enjoy it. Anthony, thank you so much for coming to speak with me today on the Creative Kind Show. It's an absolute pleasure to have you here. I know we connected uh, quite a while back. We've stayed in touch on each other's LinkedIn. I love your 2021 reel that you just shared. So I just want to take a moment here to acknowledge a lot of the fantastic work that you yourself do when it comes to animation and acknowledge that you are the marketing manager and a large uh, presence when it it comes to LinkedIn, sharing your thoughts, sharing your expertise, working at Anthony and Arville, but also you've been working with other digital agencies within the video production space. And so I felt that having you on the show would be an amazing opportunity to share your insights, to share your experiences. Tell me about your morning rituals and why do you think that having an important start to your day is so important uh, from that cascading effect? Yeah, of course. And first of all, I want to say thank you for having me on, Alex. It's always a pleasure to converse with you. I think um, what you're doing is phenomenal. And just I'm just have thrilled and I'm just a pleasure to just be on here and just converse with you about these topics. I think, uh, you know, we're directly aligned with what we're trying to accomplish and just making the world better and just kind of giving our lives with. But I think uh, it's just a pleasure to be on this show with you today. And uh, of course, I'd love to, to speak to that. My morning routine, it, I, I feel sometimes it can be very simplistic, but it's, it's kind of how it sets my day. So if I get the opportunity, if I wake up early enough, which most people don't like to wake up too early, but I like to try and wake up where I catch the sun rising. Uh, I like to go for a nice walk. I feel like something about that crisp morning air really just hides your senses, really just wakes you up. You know, it could be as simple as a walk around the block or just like a little bit longer. Maybe you want to go to a park where it's just a little bit more space for you to walk. But those moments, I feel, kind of add almost a serenity to your day and how you come back home and how you start and how you continue going forward. If I don't get the opportunity to go for those lovely walks, I like to try and make, make a coffee specifically. Um, something about that seven, ten minutes is just almost like you're giving it directly back to yourself. Um Kind of look at it like cooking essentially when you're cooking a meal um, i always look at it like as you're adding love to it so you're giving that extra time to it so it tastes better you feel the warmth you feel the effort and as you're sitting down you're like okay i put effort into having this moment here to bring this piece and then i usually create a small list of tasks that i like to accomplish by the day so i obviously have a little bit of a longer list but that small list is the ones that i have to accomplish today so just having that peaceful moment in the morning allows me to focus and understanding what is a priority today and what can I push to tomorrow and just 
kind of go through the day with what efforts I have available to me and what time I have. So just starting your day off just in a nice, peaceful, calm state, whether it's meditation or whether it's a walk, whether it's a cup of coffee in the morning, just giving that time back to yourself really really allows you to take off in the morning, just understanding and seeing what's transpiring and just seeing how you're going from task to meeting to moment to moment, and you're really actually present because you've given yourself that time to be present and start your day. So that's how I love to kind of give those moments back to myself if I can. That's beautiful. Yeah. I know we were talking about the, the presence of being outside morning, no one's around and having that crisp air to, to help revitalize you and take away that morning dew, so to speak, that fog that kind of clouds our own mind, everyone's mind as, as we start the day. How have you found you've been able to maintain a positive mindset despite so much chaos and negativity that exists around us on a daily basis? Not that there's not positivity, Right. Of course, you know, having conversations like this is evident of that. There are people who see positivity, they see the light. What would you say has been influential for you to maintain your positive mentality, especially when the going gets tough? Yeah, of course. Um, first, I, I want to speak to a moment that I had to kind of learn to be more positive and see things in a better light. So when I just go back to my post-secondary, my last year, I ruptured my Achilles. Um, I was a very athletic person. I'm still very athletic, but that kind of just took that all away from me in just a quick moment. And what I had to realize there after going through those very difficult months, because I was in school, I had my, my family did come to help me, but it was a very difficult component going to school every day and stuff like that. So I had to kind of see the long-term goal. And I think what that kind of did was shift my mindset from looking at, oh, I'm injured now. I can't run right now to seeing... I will be able to run. Am I going to do the things now that's going to prepare me for the time when I am running? So that kind of shifted my mindset and also shifted my, my perspective on how people help you and how people come to you as well. So uh, the beginning of that was, you know, you're upset at yourself, you're upset at your body for betrayal. And then I remember the very first time I was crutching to school, it was the summertime actually, uh, a lady stopped by and offered me a ride to drop me to school. And normally you wouldn't take these things. You wouldn't, you know, just jump in a car with a stranger, but she was so caring. She was so just straightforward in terms of, I just want to see you walk as well. So I felt that that was a way for me to look at my perspective on how I am today, what I'm trying to accomplish later on, and how can I set those habits for myself today to keep my mind okay and fresh. So when I get to that moment, I'm not, you know, uh, putting myself steps back by thinking I can't run and just uh, hindering myself with that. So just those little things like that, it, it took me a while to kind of understand that long-term goal. So with how do I enhance that? How do I keep myself even higher in terms of optimism? I started to realize that uh, after many conversations with people who have far more experience than me, there's something that's joyful in your life that you must keep on an ongoing basis. So for me, from beginning of spring, like the very beginning, it's probably still snow on the ground when I'm doing this. I usually bring my bicycle out and I love cycling. I'm an avid cyclist. I've cycled in different parts of the world. I love doing it and I take all the proper precautions and wear a helmet and stuff like that, but I actually love cycling, just seeing the people, seeing the path, seeing the car, seeing the nature, seeing where the path takes you. I've cycled literally across Toronto. I've cycled the, the many parts of Toronto. You know, it's just, it's just such a wonderful thing to do. And I think that gives me a, a sense of joy 
And then even to give you another uh, example, uh, his maybe more uh, child's play, but I love Lego. I love building Lego. Um, I built the Batmobile. I built a couple cars, McLaren. You know, I just love building those things like that. Uh, and then it just kind of gives me that sense of joy that two hours, whether I'm listening to a podcast, whether I'm listening to some music, or whether I'm just listening to silence. I'm just trying to be in myself in my present moment. I'm just building a little, uh, you know, Batmobile versus Joker, whatever it may be. That's the most recent one I built with my little nephew. But if I'm doing that, it brings me a sense of joy, a sense of energy, a sense of excitement. Just, you know, seeing where does a little piece go or, you know, cycling and feeling the wind in my face is just like that's something that's more real, more tangible, something I can understand and kind of explain to people. I think as I do those things, you feel that energy rise and you feel yourself like, okay, I, these things are really possible. I just had a hundred pieces and now it looks like that. That's amazing. Or, you know, I look down on my, my, my watch or my phone. I'm like, wow, I just cycled 20 kilometers. And it felt like I cycled for 10 minutes just because you're just pedaling and just enjoying that 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 speed that space and just seeing what you're what you're able to see i think those things kind of give you an optimism in life and and a joy to see things that are a little bit better than what they may be and even if you're in a dark position or you're looking at something you realize okay my my body's not responding how it is when i'm cycling my body's not responding or my mind's not responding how it is when i'm laying on the ground i'm just building lego how do i get back to that position and i realize okay this is not bringing me the most joy. Let me turn this off or close it off a little bit and get myself into a position where I'm just joyful. I'm laughing. I'm, I'm enjoying what I'm doing. Then I can revisit what is more difficult because then that gives me a new perspective on it. So I come to it now and I'm like, okay, this is not the most pleasing thing, but how could I learn from this? How could I adapt my skill from this? And then once I see that, it becomes joyful. So it's just, it's a matter of kind of making sure my mindset is in that, that place where I can see those things. Otherwise, Sometimes if you just continue going and you don't bring that joy to your life, you almost come to a point where you start to burn out and you feel the burnout. You're like, I'm not doing anything that's making me smile as much or making me giggle as much or making me think, wow, this is actually crazy that someone spent hours trying to figure out how to make this into 100 pieces for me to build later on. So those things I feel like uh, really give you that excitement that you know, life is here. You are here in life and you got to take time to really enjoy those moments. So. It allows me to get back to work and focus 100% and realize, oh, maybe that triangle shape wasn't moving well before, but how can I make it move into a circle and make it more fun? So it, just, it kind of ties into my work as well. Would you say that, I mean, that's really interesting to hear about your experience um, cycling across the city. And yeah, I can I can totally relate. I find that just riding my bicycle as well has provided a a way to see a landscape on a much more intimate scale than if you're driving. I think driving, you're a bit removed from the world around you. You have your own ecosystem. It can really open your perspective up, right? Like you hear noises, you smell the world around you. Uh, you have to be more aware as you like weave through people if you're on the, the pathway. Like one of the things that I've loved from me being here in the city is, in the city of Toronto, is biking all along the, the waterfront and going to Tommy Thompson after the summer and like even just biking along Tommy Thompson, right? Like you're literally in this like nature reserve, this bird sanctuary, but like to your right, you see the entire city of Toronto. Uh, it's quite a surreal experience but it, it really i think helps embody that that 
notion that you're speaking of, of using that to alleviate your spirits, using that to boost, to boost your uh, exercise, to boost your health. Uh, I want to ask you, both you and I being in the creative sector, do you think that people who work in film and video, we are more perceptive to the world around us? That's a, a very intriguing question. I feel it kind of depends. I feel we have a heightened sense of what's what we're seeing and what we're feeling um, because we're crafting moments essentially. So maybe, for example, maybe you might be crafting a, a shot um, where it's situated for, for cowboys or maybe you're shooting a shot that's situated for astronauts. You have to visualize yourself being there. What what would what would that person feel? I feel you have to do an immense amount of research before you even start crafting that shot. So I, I do believe we have um, an ability to, to to see these things a little bit further, but I think we also have the skill sets to craft these moments. I think uh, it's kind of similar to almost interior designers when you go into an office, you're trying to craft a specific feeling, and that is a it's a unique skill set because not everyone can do that. If you go into somebody's home, somebody's home may be Simple, some people may hire designers, but you know that when you're in that room or when you're in your, your library or when you're in your office, there's a specific feeling you want. You wanna feel like you're in there and you're productive. So I feel like it's kind of similar to that, but we have, you know, doing it on a repetitive basis, you know, crafting many different scenes, whether it's, you know, a, a snow plane crashing into the mountains, or maybe it's a, a person playing a video game and you're realistically there, there's no console in front of them, it's just a big light box. <laughs> so it's just like you're crafting moments essentially you're you're crafting feelings and i think we we do have the ability to 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 curate those things because we are doing it on a repetitive basis but we're also having the opportunity to go out and experience these things i think we also push ourselves to go experience these things a lot of filmmakers i've had the opportunity to speak with they take themselves to areas where they will never usually go and they push themselves in what they're doing their their craft essentially i've spoken to a gentleman who who's done uh, almost nature hikes doing filming and he's pushing himself out there to experience these things, to see these things. I remember him telling me uh, he almost fell off a cliff because he was filming. He didn't realize that he was standing on the edge of it. So, but you just have to realize where you are and you know how, how things are transpiring. So I think uh, it does give us those skill sets. So we're lucky to do those things, to, to see those things. Like for example, you'll watch a commercial and you'll be like, oh, that tree is fake in the corner over there. Or that clock was never ticking in the corner over there. So it's just like you, you see those things very clearly because you have to. Where for the normal person, they're like, oh, what's that expression on that person's face? Or what are they saying? Or now how they, they're trying to live through the actual characters or we're living through the scene to the character, I think. So it's a little bit of a, a different feeling. Jeez, that videographer almost fell off the cliff. Yeah, um, I feel like we've all, I feel like there's a meme about that, right? Like, gotta get the shot, you know? Like, I felt like that uh, sometimes flying like a drone, just being so, so immersed in what you're doing that you like lose sense of like your time and place and situation rise and, and to almost your own detriment. So I think getting a dose of reality once in a while, looking around you, yeah, it's important. Um, but it's a good idea, right? Like, I think that it, it, to me, it reflects on the idea of being in a state of flow. And what is that, like, flow? Um, talk to me about times where you felt you've been in a state of flow. And 
where do you think that you work best in that flow? And what do you think typically triggers that flow? Yeah, so I, I have uh, a few ways to get into my, my flow, you know, my zone, and just that, that the area where I feel like all my skills are behind. Um, how I like to start off is obviously, it may be no surprise, I like to start off laughing, essentially with joyful. So I may watch an old comedy, I may watch a new comedy, I may watch a, just a random stand-up, or just one of my go-to shows. Just a, just it sounds kind of uh, weird, but just kind of giggle a little bit, just to, to smile and laugh. And then I feel when you come to your work like that, you're starting to uh, just feel more relaxed, essentially going into it, no matter how difficult the task is. I've done things that are, you know, very difficult, very, very pressured, you know, done things where people around me are, you know, uh, very, very, very high profile. So their time is so stringent that you can't make errors. So I've just been in those scenarios as well. But I think when you come in happy, laughing i think just for that kind of eases me right into my flow obviously everyone gets a little bit nervous or excited when they go into that and just earlier on in my life i realized that when you have that excitement that energy that just kind of comes to the surface that's your body preparing you for the moment so if you're ever going to do a, a ted talk or you're going to go do a, you know a conversation at a university you know that energy that nervousness you have is your body preparing you for that that speech that moment that that those topics so i always understood that but for me just make sure i come in and understand that i'm at complete ease because when that comes over you sometimes you you may not be able to control the energy or you may not be able to uh, be in it so if i'm able to control it it helps me with my my moment of being in the zone i feel like i have an abundance of more abundance of more energy to actually utilize in those moments so um, another funny one that i used to get in the zone this is probably more archaic my little nephew laughs at me for this one i like to play video games but the game i play specifically i play it on my playstation 3 and i play an older game from almost a decade ago my little nephew laughs at me all the time, but the reason I play that game is because it's almost like chess, essentially, almost like checkers. Like oh, checkers. Hold it's a strategy on. What's game. What's the game? This this game is two K thirteen. My little nephew laughs at me because there's two K twenty three out. I I played very I played various games, but at a point in time, uh, I had to. Uh, you obviously can relate to this too. When you start investing in your software and your computer, and you realize, okay, I can I don't want to spend that money on the PS five yet because. I'd rather buy the software right now, or I'd rather buy this add-on, or I'd rather, you know, upgrade my computer. So it's just like little things like that I feel like continue to take me away from purchasing a new console. I'm sure I'll get to it this year because uh, so I'm excited. I want to do that for my birthday. But unless I usually play older games, they're just very simple. Like, uh, just to give me, like, you know, just a mind where I'm feeling like you're not necessarily thinking per se in terms of the details of the game, but you're just thinking of movement. And I think that kind of brings me down to seeing, oh, that person's not moving natural, or that shape is not moving natural or that's moving too fast it kind of just gives me a sense of movement and timing and just uh what people are kind of expect to see very simply in a simple version my apologies what is transpiring on screen i think that kind of gets me into my zone as well just to understand like okay i'm sitting behind here i'm moving that that's moving too quickly because i just i just played a game for about an hour realizing that this is something that has to move at a small a slower pace it just kind of gives me a, a way to kind of ease into my flow ease a little bit better and once I get into there, once I'm done playing these games or, you know, done laughing up with like, you know, a TV show with like King of Queens or Fresh Friends or just something simple like that. Or even uh, lately, um, I think that there has me watching Working Moms, has me laughing a little bit too as well. So just watching those shows and just going into it and coming to work and coming to your, your craft, you're, you're, you're kind of laughing, you're in an ease state and then you can almost just slip into your zone. It's just, it's just uh, a much smoother feeling for me. And then once you get into your zone, I 
pretty sure you're exactly like me. You kind of stay in there for hours at a time. And then you're like, oh, wait, did I have lunch? Oh, possibly not. Maybe I should get some water now. So there's those type of things kind of happen when you get into your zone. But I know once I'm in there, that those are some of the causes of effects. But I prepare myself a glass of water here, a little bowl of chips or some almonds, whatever it may be. Just to keep myself stayed, staying there for four or five hours just working consistently to get as much done in that time frame. But yeah, that's how I like to get into my flow. It seems sometimes I look back at it and I'm like, wow, that's kind of interesting that I play a game that's 10 years old, but it's almost like playing Pac-Man now. So it's, it's still uh, whatever helps you get into that easy, easy mindset. Yeah, I love that. I think that I'm sure other people can relate. Just, and I like what you were mentioning, like, coming into this with a smile and with a laugh right it just it helps to take the stress off to take that anxiety i think we carry a lot of that stress and anxiety and whether it's an upcoming deadline whether it's a you know the last time you tried that project it wasn't exporting facing technical issues whatever that may be right like just don't take it so seriously love the process Talk to me a bit about like your process and the type of animation that you do. I think that I think that's quite interesting. And what on top of that, like you do you have experience more in uh, video production? I've seen that you have had other other marketing roles. What is your like key service offer through through the you like your company? Yeah, of course, of course. So I'll speak to the types of animation I do first. Like I do 2D animation, stop, stop motion mm-hmm. animation, um, you know, motion graphics. So that's the type of animation I stick to right now. I'm obviously expanding, uh, but these ones kind of curate to different uh, modes and mediums and what we're trying to accomplish for a marketing initiative. Um, so my background, so this is a little bit of intriguing. Uh, also, I'll tell you a little bit about this quickly. I've been in video production. I've done, had the opportunity to be on some really great sets uh, meet some really phenomenal people. And I think uh, I remember speaking to one of my close friends recently uh, who just moved. It was interesting. I remember telling him, I've been on some sets where, you know, you're shooting the actor and you're, you know, you're, well, I've been in different roles. I've been a PA, I've been a set dresser. My favorite is usually being a set dresser as well. Um, just get an opportunity to kind of really work on the set and really craft the set for what we're going to be shooting. I think this kind of ties into the feeling, the moments, and, you know, um, just making sure that everything, all the details are covered. So when you see that on screen, it looks, it looks like they're really there. Um, but sometimes uh, you get to be on set with very phenomenal people. I'm sure this happened to you as well. I remember telling uh, my sister, other, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm working with this particular gentleman or this particular woman. I have no idea who they are. And then she'll search them up and tell me, you know, this person has almost 2 million followers on social media. Do you know who you're speaking to? I feel like, no, I'm just, I'm just here doing my job and making sure that they look great. And that's what I'm here to do and have a, a fun time doing so. So I think that's been a blessing for me. So I got the opportunity to be on really large productions and seeing these things transpire. Uh, my, so this kind of ties into my experience. I'll tell you about my experience before my, my service offering. Service so before getting into animation, I worked a lot in corporate marketing and advertising. Uh, the reason being is I, I love communication. That is what I'm most passionate about. I absolutely love all forms of communication and whether it's nonverbal, whether it's on screen, whether it's just conversation, whether you're, you're, you're creating, you know, sales material. I've, I've been in those scenarios as well, but I feel that communication is so fundamental to so many different things in terms of getting to where your company is in terms of a conversation, in terms of relationship, in terms of just building something. It's, 
essentially communication is the foundation for success in many in many areas unless uh you know maybe you're a singles tennis player that's a little bit different but if you're you're on a team you're usually when work in an organization you need to communicate even golfing to communicate to their caddy to understand what club should i be using where should i be hitting it so just like those type of things i feel are, are so key and it kind of led me to where i'm going now and uh, being in corporate marketing, understanding what we need to craft or what what is being crafted to create sales revenue. What are we doing to make sure that we can generate quality leads through our through our sales efforts, whether it's you know on a website, whether it's a chatbot, whether whatever we're crafting, how can we generate the best quality leads who are actually people who are interested in that service or that product? To going into advertising to realize like how can I craft the best message to sell or to invite interest into this particular product or service and that kind of led me into understanding how video production is crafted why is it crafted and this being just a bit more detail um, being in those advertising settings helped me show me that a lot of large companies large companies are turning towards video animation motion graphics because it helps craft a more accurate message for what you're trying to say and on top of that usually for those type of things you could do little changes and switches here and there and create a new campaign from it usually the following year so just like learning how to transition those messages into messages that people want to hear that resonate with people that kind of make them take action essentially just off a of video is something what i've learned and kind of push myself to mastering and i've been able to do so and see great results from things that are, are aligned with that so my offerings are they're continuing to expand, but uh, those are the ones I've been doing more frequently. And I find that people are coming for explainer videos, they're coming for CRM messages. Those are the two main ones. But we do everything from educational messages to helping create profile videos to social media messages. So it's just like, depends on what they're trying to do and what campaign it's going to fit with. Yeah, that's amazing. And I can definitely see, it's interesting to learn as well, that the advertising background has given you a lot of foundational information that helps clarify and very likely not only helps with your sales, right, but also helps improve your, your presence. But I wanted to come back to one of the things you said there, which I think is very likely a shared experience that a lot of people have. Um, you mentioned that you never saw yourself being in front of the camera. You always meant, you know, you saw yourself being behind the camera. Why do you think that is? I, I personally do believe it's a tie back to earlier points in my, my life, essentially. And the, the reason being, uh, I'll tell you a bit more detail. While growing up, um, creative, you know, occupations weren't necessarily options for me. I didn't even know a lot of these things existed. I didn't really know animation existed until... A couple of years ago so but i was a kid you watch animation you see movies you see people doing artwork you, you see all these things but you don't know they exist and how they're crafted and who they're crafted for so growing up i didn't really know a lot of these things were, were options so um to kind of get back to to why i don't see myself in front of the camera it's just i never saw those things as a viable option for me so growing up um i knew one thing is that i'm a very strong-willed person that i'm very uh, very, very driven. I remember this is, I think I was maybe uh, 18 or 19. I remember my doctor told me that, hey, you are one of the most determined people I have ever encountered in my life. You, you, should, you should relax a little bit, enjoy life a little bit more. 
since when I was 19, to give you to give more context. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so my, my biggest weakness, I would tell you, which most people don't believe when I tell them, was communication. Mm. I mightily struggled communicating my, my ideas, my thoughts, and uh, you can imagine what's probably more difficult as an adolescent, your jokes. If you can't communicate your, communicate your jokes and now you're, you're fumbling and now it just seems like you just don't know how to converse at all. So that was something that really uh, sparked this desire to master communication for me. So going into to university, I still never saw myself in front of the camera. I just saw myself wanting to communicate, but I didn't know that it would take me to where I am today. Um, I just had a desire to continue to master it. And as I continue to go further, I realized that, you know, there are very clear options that you can do if you don't want to be in front of the camera. You don't necessarily have to be in this industry and be in front of the camera. And then coming into the industry, I realized that there were hundreds, sometimes thousands of people that are actually truly behind the camera, where there's maybe one or two people that are just in front of it. And I, mm-hmm. I continue to see myself as someone that can really deliver a multitude of things it's only been recently that I've been kind of inviting myself to be in front of the camera. And the reason being is because I feel like it's almost an necessity at this point. Um, but beforehand, I just felt maybe it was also a component of confidence. It was also a component of timing. And as I continue to feel more confident and give myself these little things that just allow myself to feel more grounded and feel more happy and just being myself on a day-to-day basis, I feel more confident to be in front of a camera. But it was never a sense of desire. Like, even when I do photo shoots, I remember I had a photo shoot with a, a wonderful photographer in the summertime. I remember the first thing I told her, I'm like, I am very camera shy. Just tell me exactly how you want me to stand or how you want me to be, and we can go about doing that. She's like, you are phenomenal in front of the camera. I'm like, I don't feel like that. And I think that's that's the confidence thing for me speaking sometimes. So it's just me understanding how do you feel confident in front of the camera on a repetitive basis. I'm just learning how to do that. And I think... Um, now that I know it's it's an option that you should be in front of the camera, especially for your brand, for your, for speaking to people, to allow people to know who you are, especially before coming to do business with you, it's been a, a growing uh, challenge, but it's something that I'm happy to do and just to learn more about myself and just kind of push myself and understand how do you build confidence in yourself? I think that's been a question for a lot of people, but for myself, I think uh, pushing myself and putting myself in areas where I'm testing myself repetitively, I think that's what helps give me that extra confidence to my day-to-day and just to give you an example how I do that a lot of people network a lot of people have gone to network events prior to what was transpiring today in our global scenario I used to go to networking networking events alone and I pushed myself to go and meet five people and actually Mm -hmm. converse with them and then follow up with all those five so doing those things and pushing myself outside of my normal comfort circle allowed me to show me that you know the world is just very simple things are very easy uh, in terms of just like stepping into it, it's nothing that's going to really traumatically hurt you unless you just allow it to. So just taking those steps forward and feeling more confident in myself and putting myself in positions to build confidence, I think was ph- phenomenal for me and in those steps I need to take. And now I feel a lot more comfortable in camera, in front of a camera, but still uh, I always remember those moments where I'm like, okay, there was a time where I did not feel comfortable at all being in front of a camera, not even taking photos just for uh, memories essentially. It, that's been a, a growing challenge as well. But now I'm I'm feel a lot better and just I do I truly do believe it's it's confident. I think um a lot of people don't see themselves as confident as they would like to be. So then they don't give themselves the confidence that they already have. So that's been a challenge that I've been working with. And now today I feel a bit better and just going forward and I continue to build those things for myself. I think uh could be a lifelong journey. I've spoken to quite a few people who tell me that this is, you know, they've been doing it for 40 years, their business, and now they finally feel that they know what they're doing. I'm like, 
well, I feel a bit better now that I, you know, that I know a long road for me to go, yeah. but there's a lot that I still need to accomplish and continue to build that. But I feel by that time, I, I wonder who I will be when I say, as I build or continue to build confidence in myself. So. Yeah, no, it's, it's something that's come up for me in the past where everyone's like, don't worry, nobody knows what they're doing. Everyone is winging it at all times. And it like took me a while to be like, no, like, come on, obviously not. And then like, to like see it happening with my own eyes to be like, oh my God, like my parents are kind of winging it. Like my teachers are kind of winging it. Like my mentors are kind of winging it. Like shit, I guess everyone is kind of winging it at all times, you know? I feel I feel a, a major component of it. I definitely agree with you on that. I feel a major component is I, I, I compare it to baseball. It's almost like at bats. How many attempts mm. do you have? And I feel like once you get a certain amount of attempts, you now know what it takes to hit a home run. You now know what it takes to hit a ground ball because you've done it so many times and you've been put in scenarios where you have to hit that. Like you actually have to do it and you may miss, but now you know, now I know not to swing that way. Now I know to swing lower. Now I know to swing harder. You, know, you just learn these things. I feel when you start to see people at 10, 12 years in, they look like they're just been practicing for Crushing three days it. straight, yeah. but they really just, you know, they just dropped, you know, their kids to daycare that morning. They, you know, they had 25 meetings before they got there. And then they get there, like, they're just, you know, basically screaming to the heavens. I hope I have enough energy <laughs> to do this. And they get into it and they look, they look amazing because they're just putting in so much time and effort into mastering that component of it. So I definitely believe uh, confidence is part of it. I definitely believe at bat. So once you get a certain mm. amount of attempts, you get on there, you're like, okay, I know, I know what to expect. I know what to do. I know when things feel a bit, uh, you know, a, a bit awry, so I know how to handle those scenarios. So just, I think it gives you time. And I think um, when you get to a certain point, if you're not doing something new, you, you'll know. <laughs> so I think you'll, you'll push yourself into that area as well. So, Yeah, I think it's a good analogy because I think that most people drop the bat, right? A lot of people won't pick it up or they will, yeah, oh, I quit. Oh, I can't do this, right? They drop the bat, they pick up the hockey stick. They drop the bat, they pick up the basketball. They, right? Like they, they switch. They try something else, which is not that's not wrong. Like that's not uh, incorrect. But I think that there's a point there to like to stick with something to to master your craft. You know, it, it requires courage to keep picking that bat up. And I think that, um, that we should challenge ourselves to pick that bat up. Yeah, 100%. And even just to add on to the analogy, but I think it's a funny component of it, there is no baseball player that bats 1,000. I don't think they even bat close to 500, let alone 400. So I think we need to cut ourselves a little bit more slack and be you know, mm-hmm. a, a bit more gentle on ourselves, especially when mm-hmm. some of the best, best baseball players bat like a, a 30%. <laughs> so you're just like, you gotta really look at it and like, okay, uh, you know, give myself a little time, a little ease, and just come there and just keep trying because it's that one time you hit the home run, people are like, wow, and you see stars in your eyes, and you're like, okay, that was that was the time I needed. I just needed a hundred attempts, but I needed on that on that seventieth attempt is when I actually was able to get it. So, so coming up near to the end of the the episode now, how can people connect with you if they want to find? you on LinkedIn and we've been chatting there a lot and you're pretty active on that platform they want to see the animation work that you've done 
What's the best way for them to reach out to you? You can reach out to me on LinkedIn. You can reach out to me through my email, anthony at anthonyandarvel.com. And you can reach out to me through Instagram, which is also the same thing, at anthonyandarvel.com. Uh, you'll see my work on various platforms. You'll see it on my social. You'll see it on my, my LinkedIn. I'm going to be sharing more case and more case studies coming up mm-hmm. soon, especially in this month. I think that giving people an idea of what they can do is very key because animation is a, a very vast and wonderful world. But if you have a specific initiative that you want to accomplish and you never really thought about animation, it could be the, probably the best option you never thought about yet. So it, it's just getting people to understand how they can use it. And those are two very uh, easy ways to reach me. Um, you can go on my website. You'll see my also Anthony at anthonyandarvel.com and you can send me a message there as well. Um, but frankly, you'll see my contact information, my phone number, my email. I just feel free to contact me. I love conversing with people, um, hearing what, they, what they're trying to accomplish, what they're trying to do. Seeing there's a, work, a way we can collaborate or if there's somebody I can probably put them in touch with to help push them towards their goal. My, my, my main thing, I think, has been a principle in my life before even uh, getting into what I'm doing now is I love to see people be as successful as possible. Mm-hmm. If that's me helping them get into the position, if that's, if that's me just assisting and saying, you know what, maybe a little bit of advice I can give, or maybe that's me helping them show them the right person they need to speak to, to help push them, to help get them to where they need to be, or maybe to give them that little bit of a, a talking to to realize that, you know, you, you are phenomenal, you are doing phenomenal things, you just need to believe that. So I think it's, if any way I can help to make sure that people are so successful, I try my absolute best to do so. And like, I always enjoy having conversations with a variety of people, doesn't matter what level they are in the organization, from CEO to starting their own company. I love to speak to them as well. So feel free to contact me in any medium or, or, or format they feel comfortable doing so. I will definitely pick up and I'll love to, to talk to them further. Yeah, I just want to say thanks, Anthony, again, for the time that you've given me already this morning, um, for the grace and the positivity that you beam, you know, it's no wonder your doctor at the age of 90 was like, holy cow, kid, settle, <laughs> settle down. Um, but yeah, no, that, that's awesome. I look forward to seeing those case studies. Um, I want to acknowledge the amazing work uh, that you've been up to and the, the inspiration that you share. Uh, I don't typically like to time date stamp, but you made a point right before we began. Today is February 1st. It's the start of Black History Month. And I think, you know, coming back to the ideas of when you were young, not necessarily seeing that this was a viable career path, I think kind of talks to that, right? And having these conversations, showing youth, hey, you know, not only is this a viable option for you, but you, this can be a career. You can build you know, status. You can, you can find uh, purpose within finding a career in film and TV industry. I think it's really important. I think there's like having a more diverse uh, industry and sector is uh, and will have and continue to have uh, benefits that we can't even measure at, at this time. I 100% agree. I've had very, very phenomenal conversations with people who are executive levels at agencies that have hundreds or thousands of people working underneath them and just speaking to them and understanding one of the key components that was missing in having a more diverse or robust team was not just their just the organization but it was the schooling the understanding of that this was a viable option or opportunity for you to go there and make a great living 
I find that um, we don't look at necessarily the arts as the best way to make income, but when you look at it from a strategic standpoint, if you're doing video, if you're doing graphic design, whether you're doing anything like that in terms of brand design, stuff like that, there are ways to understand strategy, how to put them in place where it will be a viable option for a business to make revenue from or to create messages that will help curate interest for them to draw to their business. Once we start to understand that it's so important to have diverse teams so we understand more or cultural walks, more journeys to get into where we are, we'll be able to craft better messages that not only touch just our target market, but also trickle down and hit other different demographics and cultures because we're speaking to everybody, but we're really just conversing to essentially the message what we're trying to talk to. I think um, one, of the, one of the things I want to, to kind of speak about that too, because for me as a gentleman of, of Caribbean descent, I, I truly believe everybody has the opportunity to be successful. I think you actually have to believe in yourself, no matter what's transpiring around me. I've been in scenarios or uh, organizations where it's not necessarily curated for, for me to be successful, but I still believed in myself being successful. And that had led me to meet such great people and such fine business mentors, fine people in the industry that believe in me, that believe in what my, my skill set is. And then to understand that they know my skill set is very vast from uh, doing things from like closing website domains to building animation to understanding our marketing strategy, what we're trying to implement, our campaigns. Those are, those are skill sets I think that you have to take different walks in life to get. And sometimes uh, being in a place where you're not suited for success, it's okay to say that, you know what? I want to step out and be a bit, a bit brave, a bit, uh, a bit against the system that I maybe wasn't for me particularly, and just kind of take a take a different stab at it. And I, I truly believe, for me, what I what I'm doing and the way I'm going about it, it is for me realizing that I am very, very, very gifted. And being in a one particular role where you're just kind of utilizing one particular gift, it would kind of uh, take away from other components and it's probably the last analogy I'll use I think it's more of a fun one mm-hmm. um, let's say example you have you know your basketball star your soccer star your you know your football star if you have them do one thing you're taking away from different gifts that they've been given maybe it's you know they're really good in the fast break in hockey but you have them on the defense because they're good at stopping stopping uh, attacks you you know you're taking away another particular gift maybe it's a basketball player he's really good at dribbling and shooting but you're taking away his dribbling and just having a spot-up shooter now you're taking away a part of a part of what they're gifted, and I, I truly believe that when you allow people to shine, you get to see so many different things they're capable of doing. I think in the in the creative industry, the you know the advertising, the video production, you need to give people the opportunity to shine because you start to realize that there are people that have really great gifts that you're just they just don't get the opportunity to show. And um, as we continue to go forward, you know, with society and with these opportunities in these industries, I do believe we will reach a point where you know, our, our advertising is reflective of the organizations putting out the advertising. So I, I do believe we will get there. And I do believe it's, a, it's, it is where the world's going, especially where we have to converse with more people through one medium. We can target through them uh, in terms of just our advertising, but at the same time, there are so many people pick up that same device. You know, I might have my little nephew pick up my phone. He's not me. He's not the same age as me. He doesn't have the same interest, but he's going to see my ads. So you you know you don't know who you're speaking to at times sometimes. Uh, so I feel as we continue to go forward, those options are coming. I've seen people who are inspired. I've spoken with people who are inspired to go and take on this this challenge of creating advertising, creating video production, and kind of 
doing it in a way that's a little bit unconventional, but they're finding success because they have those skill sets in place. They just they just need the opportunity. I think uh, they're going to close the gaps for themselves, and they're going to see very great fruits from their from their hard work, from their dedication, from their time put in. And you know, you know, you and I are, are fairly young, especially in in this particular industry. So we have quite quite a bit to grow, and I think that we are going to reach very very high levels. And that's just based on determination. It has nothing to do with necessarily who what we look like or you know how tall we are or how fast we can run or you know how how far we can jump nothing to do with that just sheer determination and that in itself is one of the most unspoken skills that that we just don't talk about we don't talk about that even in, in, in interviews or for jobs or for for projects we don't talk about oh, i was extremely determined to get it done so i spent a couple that's not something that we discuss often so as we continue to go forward, I think that's going to come more prevalent in, in this industry. And you're going to see people really want to make their mark and they're going to really push. And I'm excited to see how we continue to go forward. Yeah, no, I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. And, and I think that that's definitely where we're going and we need a greater emphasis to that movement. It's not the time to take, to, to get comfy. I think we need to continue to push for for increased diversity and for more voices in places of decision making. And so my my final question here for you, Anthony, and I ask this to all my guests, what does creativity mean to you? So I feel I've had wonderful conversations about this. So creativity is such a, a unique thing to look at. For me, I think each person has their own idea of what creativity is. And just to give you an example, for me, to what I'm doing now, I wasn't able to envision things like this. My imagination allowed me to perceive a place where I was able to fit in an area that where I wasn't able to see myself. So I do believe that's even a component of creativity. I think creativity is, and in itself, being able to envision and, and, and craft things out of pieces or nothing and see a whole picture. And then to execute is a different skill. But I do believe that that's the part of the creativity we see. For example, you walk into a blank room and you're like, oh, I see exactly where my furniture goes. I see where my, my studio is going to go. I see exactly where my kitchen is going to go. Being able to envision that is a component of creativity. Um, I want to speak to a, a particular idea of it when I when I asked a gentleman this is when I was a little bit uh, earlier on getting into my career um, a gentleman from Empire Customs uh, the suit company I remember speaking to him and asking him you know you're moving away from actually making the suits from actually customizing the suits for each individual from designing the suits from you pouring your creativity into that product like how do you still keep that creativity and he said you know you don't lose it you essentially transfer it into a different task so he went from making the suits to now, how do I create different income streams for this business? And just hearing that from that from him, just allow me to understand that creativity is almost a force. It's almost an energy that you can just kind of pour into something. Like, uh, you know, you're doing landscaping. Maybe you want a beautiful garden. You can pour in creativity and do something that's unique to you and your experiences. And I really do believe that is, that is a major component of creativity. It's, being able to see things, being able to experience things, and then put it into your life as a practice and make your life more synchronized with how you want to live on a day-to-day -day basis. So I, I truly believe everybody has 
a component of creativity and that makes just what brings it to the surface. You know, some people are, you know, they're baristas and they make beautiful coffee art and you see them pour the creativity into that. Then you see people who are website designers who know how to make websites and craft the creativity into that and just pour it into you. And you see people who are painters. You're like, I couldn't even envision you painting a, such a close-knitted shot of a goldfish in a bowl on this canvas. So it's just, how do you deliver your and execute on your creativity and kind of pour it into whatever meeting you're doing? It's just solely based on your experiences and what, what you believe in. I think everybody has it in them. It's just what brings it to the surface. Yeah, brilliant. The, the transfer of your skills. Yeah, that's nice. Thank you so much again, Anthony. It's always a pleasure to chat with you. And I'm really looking forward to publishing this episode. Thank you, Alex. Honestly, thank you for having me on. And I appreciate the moments we're having during this conversation. And I also look forward to seeing what other great things you do. And I will be following and supporting. And so thank you for having me on. And I have enjoyed this beginning of, uh, of this month as well. Thank you. Perfect. And that's another one for the books. All right. I hope you enjoyed that really inspiring interview with Anthony Walker talking about representation in media as well as his journey creating animations and video marketing as well as growing from a sales perspective. He's one inspiring individual that I'm happy to have in my network and stay connected with him. So thanks again. I appreciate your time coming on the show. I'm curious to hear what you think about this new outro music and the new intro music. Uh, one thing that I've noticed in listening to different podcasts is that they keep it consistent. So I'm going to be trying to keep this consistent style for the rest of the uh, season and um, we'll see how that goes if you liked what you heard today don't forget to leave a review spotify has now just launched a review system on their podcast of course apple is the og they've been doing it forever and also if you've enjoyed this episode in your review let me know what you think of the conversation is there another guest that you want to hear from? Is there a topic that I haven't explored yet that you want me to dive into deeper? That's the exact kind of thing that I'm looking for in my reviews. Would love to hear from you if you've been listening to the show. I know it's been a bit of a douchey in getting these episodes out, but I'm going to continue to be plugging away and working more on growing the show. Um, and just been thinking a lot about the podcast and the best way to do that. So thanks for bearing with me. It's a marathon, not a sprint. And I'm happy to have you with me on my journey. This is Alex Leonard, host of the Creative Kind podcast and owner of the creative company AL Media. My business specializes in videos, mural paintings, and illustrations. From working as a radio DJ, journalist, illustrator, painter, and now video editor, I've worn many creative hats. So visit alexleonardmedia.com to work together. This is Alex Leonard, host of the Creative Kind podcast and owner of the creative company AL Media. My business specializes in videos, mural paintings, and illustrations. From working as a radio DJ, journalist, illustrator, painter, and now video editor, I've worn many creative hats. So visit alexleonardmedia.com to work together.